What's up, everybody? What are you doing? You're live for the camera, Jeff. It's the first time. It's the first time that we've ever had face cams on the Brew Crew podcast. It's episode 10. I thought it was only fitting. And uh, unfortunately... It's a big big one. Unfortunately, Oak and Eric uh, (laughs) were busy doing things tonight. So it's just your boys, uh, Julian and Chev, recording live um, and ready to get at it. There's a lot to talk about, Chev. So I think I'm just going to... Give a give a little list of things, and we're just we're just going to go at it because there was a huge stream today mm-hmm. um, on Magic's Twitch. There was a huge uh, preview stream um, slash announcement stream for a bunch of things happening with Zendikar Rising, and also happening the rest of this year, and also into 2021. So a lot That's of exciting right. things, as well as stuff coming up uh, right now in terms of Zendikar Rising. So first off, we got uh, discussions on some new cards and also the mechanics of Zendikar Rising. So we know that there's two returning mechanics, uh, which is Landfall and Kicker. And then, Chev, I believe they gave us some exemplary cards to kind of remind people what these mechanics are. <laughs> yeah, they, they gave us um, some pretty good ones. The first off would be a fantastic reprint um, that is being downshifted to Rare, finally, which is Lotus Cobra. Um, I believe Lotus Cobra is from the original Zendikar set. Uh, it was reprinted in Iconic mm-hmm. Masters. Uh, one green and one. A 2-1 with Landfall. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, add one mana of any color. So, of course, you know, Landfall kind of mm-hmm. gives away what it does by the name, which whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, something happens. Some triggered ability. Uh, Lotus Cobra has long been a favorite of Julian's, I think. It took me a long time to get on board, mostly because I just thought it was a dumb little snake. But when you give green access to mana, bad things happen if you're not the one controlling it. As for Kicker, now, this is where I thought things got really spicy. We always get a a sort of four, five, six mana uh, destroy spell for limited. Um, But particularly this one, Blood Chief's Thirst, to cost one black. Uh, Kicker, which is an additional cost you can pay as you cast it for one black and two generic. Uh, to destroy target creature or planeswalker with converted mana cost two or less. If the spell was kicked, instead destroy target creature or planeswalker. Which, I mean, like, modal destruction spells are insanely good. Especially when it comes down to, you know, playing it to get rid of an early threat, holding on to it to get rid of something more dangerous. But, holy cow, I, I'm i a big fan of that for this environment. Yeah, so it looks like we're going to get a lot of... Uh, I think the biggest thing about kicker is that... Um, it's good in the early game, and then it usually scales to be good again mm-hmm. in the late game, which is really nice. Uh, another thing I wanted to mention about mention about Lotus Cobra is that's also where we got our look at what the sort of um, signature kind of special look uh, for this set's going to be. In in times past for Ikoria, they had like the comic book sort of theme. Mm-hmm. In um, Theros, they had the constellations. Well, here all the landfall cards, uh, since that is like the premier zendikar mechanic it's been there the whole time um all the landfall cards which includes lotus cobra and a bunch of other things will have a special uh borderless and stylized art that they said is based on travel posters so the first thing i thought of was if you've ever seen like a u-haul truck and it's got those (laughs) things on the side like i immediately was like oh this is like on this one of those things like crazy pastel colors Mm -hmm. um you know very exaggerated and uh just crazy shapes going on so uh, lotus cobra looks gorgeous i want that in foil for uh tatiova uh, but i know that it's gonna cost <laughs> it's gonna me go through the roof. so yeah 
I've, I've yeah. been I've jumped on this. So the travel poster thing was huge with me, mostly because you can kind of see it in the mirror behind me, but I don't feel confident enough to shake up the webcam right now. Uh, this sort of like arc deco movement when it comes to travel posters. Um, as a quick aside, NASA put out a bunch of posters for like far off planets in the solar system and celestial bodies last year as kind of like old school tourism pictures. And I've got one behind me for a asteroid, not an asteroid, a moon of Saturn, I think, and a big one of Arches National Park uh, somewhere else in this room. But that sort of style of kind of like the idealized adventure scape of 1950s sort of art and those big pastels, they, mm-hmm. they resonate big with me. And, you know, I, I thought I would collect all the comic book arts from uh, Ikoria and feel pretty good, but I might be trying to get my hands on a lot of these um, these travel posters. I would agree, Chev. I love that art style. I love anything that's just like crazy colors, like mm-hmm. really in-your-face shapes, but also sort of minimalist in terms of the actual design. Yeah, yeah. Anything that kind Speaking of like brings a new art style to these sort of things is like absolutely fantastic. Yeah, that's that's the one thing. I'm not a huge fan of Wizards really overloading and shoving like all these different variants down uh, consumers' throats, but these specific like, uh, I guess... Showcase showcases the term mm-hmm. that they use for them. These showcase art styles have been hit after hit after hit. I love it. Like mm-hmm. I want wizards to keep going. Hopefully that you know. Hopefully they maintain this creativity and this quality. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know on that on that year. quickly before we jump on to the the rest of the material because we do have a lot. I believe we're slowly reaching the pinnacle of you know what what wizards is willing to is going to offer at a given point because a lot of this everything has been like an additional step. So, you know, we, we had the draft boosters, then we added the collector's boosters, which showed off the showcases more. Now we have the set boosters that are trying to be more of an experience that are fun to open if you're not using them for a draft. And a few other things like the secret layers. Everything is kind of like a slow ramp up to this point where we have products for every individual person and play style that that might want to go to or packages that they might want to open. But to your point, like it has seemed like a lot time after time. But I do think we're reaching the point where there's not much more they can offer on a given schedule. We're already doing releases yeah. and checking out cards every, like, seems like every two podcasts. We've been doing this, what, 10 weeks or 12 weeks, and four of them are probably going over spoilers. Like, there's there's only yeah, so many cards that can come out. <laughs> there's only so much cardboard that can be printed. But, but you know, enough of enough of that sort of stuff. Let's let's get right into the, the rest of the cast, which featured a ridiculous amount of Indiana Jones humor um that seems to be what they're going for a lot of this uh but julian let's let's get let's get out of the way the thing that i think both of us are are not too keen on when it comes to uh this return to zendikar um and not too keen on in the sense that it's going to smash us in the face on many occasions in standard or commander or whatever format probably brawl too when we get down to it and that is the new omnath the four color omnath red green white blue gets you a four four um that draws a card when it enters the battlefield because i guess that's because why not contribution uh and landfall and this is a big one so you might want to play this at half speed whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control you gain four life if it is the first time this ability has resolved this turn if it is the second time add red green white blue if it is the third time omnath deals four damage to each opponent in each planeswalker you don't control which I mean, if ramp needed an end game, this this is it. I I don't I I'm scared of it, Julian. I don't want to see this anywhere near me. So this one I don't like because first of all, I thought Omnath was going to get black before he got white. 
Mm-hmm. So I'm already upset that I missed that shot. <laughs> Two, for those who don't know, Oakley, uh, just about a month ago, I'd say, mm-hmm. maybe two months ago, made a Omnath Locus of the Royal deck, which is the three-color Omnath from uh, Core 20, which is strong. As you can imagine, it ramps a lot, plays a lot of elementals, and deals a lot of damage to the face. This seems like pretty much an upgrade, pretty much a strict upgrade. Yeah. In the, ter- in the fact that he was... Most of those turns, he's playing at least two lands, if not three. So he's getting all this benefit. Mm-hmm. And also, you're adding white, which I don't know. I don't. I'm Just not removal, versed in what probably. elementals there are in white, but I'm oh, sure yeah, there's yeah. some good ones. Mm-hmm. And um, also, you just get access to Sword Supply Shares and Wrath of God yeah. and Path to Exile and all this good stuff. So I can imagine that that will be a quick upgrade for him. And you're right. We probably will lose to that uh, a, a few fair times. <laughs> I don't think this is going to see play in standard. I think that the mana in standard is not good right now. We'll talk yeah. about that a little bit later. I, I think it was definitely a good call to have the, the gain for life as the first landfall ability because, you know, it's not going to pay for itself immediately. And to your point, right, now that we're losing shocks and those kind of things, it's a cumbersome mana cost, and then you have to be dropping, like, two lands a turn to really get a benefit that you care about. Yeah, there's just... In standard, there's better things to be doing. Uh, in Brawl, it might be interesting. Once again, I don't know if the mana is good enough yeah, to support it. That's that's going to be the big decider. If it is, this could be dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll you'll uh, you'll let us know how that goes. <laughs> so yeah, so that's the new Omnath. They they drop that in there for commander players, um, and then they carry on with some more uh, Indiana Jones shenanigans. And then they interest to introduced us to the two new mechanics so we had kicker and landfall which are the returning mechanics and then we have two new mechanics in this zendikar the first one is the party mechanic mm-hmm. they are really leaning into D here um <laughs> i wish that eric was on because he's kind of like our resident he actually like plays D, you know we we discuss it occasionally but he actually plays on a consistent basis but this is the party mechanic so if you are familiar with the traditional party from D or just most like Japanese RPGs, the uh, warrior, the rogue, the wizard, and the cleric are the four uh, archetypes that mm-hmm. fit amongst those. So basically the way this works, and it's a, it was a little bit hard for us to stand at first, but once you kind of got it down, you understand um, there are certain cards that care about how many members of your party you have. And the way that it appears to work is that each creature on the field can count for one of your party. So That's correct. here yeah. is a... Uh, exemplary cards called spoils of adventure costs four generic a white and a blue it's an instant that gains you three life and draws you three cards not that exciting just for six mana but it says this spell costs one generic less for each creature in your party which it reminds you consists of up to one of each cleric rogue warrior or wizard so assuming you have a cleric a rogue a warrior and a wizard this spell is now white and a blue draw three cards gain three life which is phenomenal it also has a picture of like each member of the party just kind of like hanging out and having fun. <laughs> it's like, oh, the the treasure was the friendships we made along the way. And I'm like, no, I want some actual loot. But like, you know, this is this is pretty we'll, we'll good. We'll take it. It's, so, it's, a, it's a small, small victory. <laughs> yeah. Another thing I've noticed um, that pretty much all the commons and uncommons as well as like the rares and stuff that we've seen, pretty much every creature in this that's not a elemental or like lizard or beast or something has one of those subtypes. So a core wizard, a human rogue, a merfolk wizard, an angel cleric, a human warrior, uh, that's a crab, um, a merfolk rogue, a human rogue, like all of these things that I'm looking through as I'm looking through the um, 
the previewed cards already has one of those subtypes, mm-hmm. uh, which is nice because you're always going to be feeling towards that sort of thing, that party um, idea when right. you're playing this set, whether it's in limited or just whatever you want to do. Yeah. How do you now, feel about the party mechanic, Jeff? So, so it has been kind of confirmed by one of the um, staff of wizards that it does work the way you described, Julian, where each creature can only count for one. So for everyone that was getting excited, if you had one changeling on the field, that it would count for your entire party. Unfortunately, you would need four changelings for this effect to really take hold. Um, I'm I'm a big fan of this mechanic. I think, I think it has a lot of room to kind of explore this idea. And uh, Mark Rosewater goes into it with his article that was published today about kind of the creation of the mechanic. How, you know, the first two times we were on Zendikar... We, of course, had the allied mechanic, which cares about how many allies you have and, you know, this banding mm-hmm. of forces. And so then the, the idea was, okay, you know, we have this idea of allies, but what if everyone knows to make a fully featured party, you need all these different sort of classes. Everyone has their own unique abilities, and especially coming from D&D, you know, like, you can't get by with four warriors, really. You need, like, the cleric to heal, the wizard to cast some spells from a distance. And so you, you can't just, just go in and smash face? That's you can try and strategy. smash face, but... Sadly, it doesn't work out as often. I mean, how many times do you see mono red really working in a, a big, beefy way? Um, small, you Not know, hit someone in the shins enough till they die before they can get something, sure. But, you know, we, we, we need to see that diversity. And so with that diversity kind of pushing for that, we have this idea of like creating this band of adventures where everything's kind of covered and you can all go at it together. Um, so I'm, mm. I'm a huge fan of what that brings to the table. And cards like um, these these cost-reducing cards. We've seen another one with Coveted Prize, which costs a black and four generic, uh, costs one less for each member of the party, and then search your library for a card, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. So instantly, it could be a one-mana tutor, which is, you know, obviously amazing. And is that good? <laughs> it's it's that decent, good? you know. That'll, that'll see some play. Uh, if you have a full party, you may cast a spell with converted mana cost four or less from your hand without paying its mana cost. So we're already seeing, you know, you have a full party, you can't get something from your deck, especially in older formats, um, get a removal spell, and you're casting it for one mana. So it, on its head, you know, it is a restrictive condition to meet, but it's awesome. Uh, and then you see other cards that are kind of playing within different ways, like a, a flyer that enters the battlefield with a 1-1 one, one counter on it for each creature in your party. Um, you see that a couple times, gain two life for each creature in your party. So I think with the support we're seeing in the set from the creature types and the cards that care about it, this is turning out to be something that's that's pretty cool. You might see decks there where the archetype is featured around getting as many different typed cards out there. And it's where you get cards which... Templating, kind of strange. But Tajuru Paragon, I, the, the I first of that... Don't know. It's a green and one for a three-two, and it's a creature elf. Okay, is it though? It, it it is not. It is not just that, Julian, because the first line of text in the box says Tajuru Paragon is also a cleric, rogue, wizard, and warrior, uh, and then it has you know an ability kicker three enters the battlefield if it was kicked. Look at the top six. Put a card that shares a creature type with it from among them into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom. So you've got that cool little like tutoring ability, but also. We're seeing we're seeing this return to old school magic, Julian, where if a creature, you know, had more than one type, it would be included in the box, and now we're getting four four types in the box. I have to say, one, I like this card because it really helps enable this sort of thing, mm-hmm. and it also gets you another one if it, if you uh, kick it. And we were reading um Mark Rosewater releases a thing uh 
before each set usually where he's like, here's some lines of text from the set. See if you mm-hmm. can guess. And one of them was there's five creatures that are five creature types or something like that. And we were like, all right, this isn't Ravnica. We're not the Simic combine. This isn't a jelly, you know, jellyfish hydra beast. How are you going to fit all this on the type line? So I'm happy that this is how they did it. Right. And as not opposed minuscule to... text. <laughs> well, I'm, yeah. And also I'm happy. It wasn't like vampire lizard beast because also Eldrazi, because the Eldrazi just like fused them all together. And it's just this ugly looking thing. Um, so I, I think this is uh, interesting. Presumably we'll get one of these for, for, for each, each color, color yeah. just to kind of round it out. Um, but yeah, I like the party mechanic. Um, I think it's cool. Another mechanic that I'm not as hot on is um, so dual face cards are back, aka cards that have two sides. Yeah, like a card on the front and a card on the back, but it's one card. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, so dual face cards, and these are modal cards in that you either cast one side or the other. They don't flip. Mm-hmm. like we've seen from Innistrad um, and stuff. So in Marketing Genius, Wizards, in their in their thing, refer to them as, we like to call these modal DFCs for short, which I think was a miss, but I think these cards have potential to occupy some cool design space. So essentially, um, they just exist as either card. You can uh, play one side or the other, and then once you've done that, they stay like that. And it appears that, most of these have at least one half or both halves as a land. So an example would be Valakut's Awakening, which is a sorcery for two and a red. An instant. instant, put any number of cards from your hand on the bottom of your library, then draw that many cards plus one. So it's a nice refill for red, um, also at instant speed. But on the other side, Valakut Stoneforge uh, enters the battlefield tapped and just adds a red. So if you really need fixing or if you just really need to hit your land drops, you can drop this as Valakut Stoneforge, or if you're good to go and you're in the late game and you want to refill, you can play Valakut Awakening, which I think is some nice uh, versatility. Mm-hmm. They also dropped a the new rare land cycle, um, which are also modal DFCs, which I'm going <laughs> to say forever because it's just going to be a meme. Uh, but, Chad, would you, would you tell us about those? Because I have a lot of thoughts on these. Yeah, so the the rare land cycle for uh, Zendikar are, I I like calling them the flip lands in my head, but it seems clear that um, they're trying to be called the pathway lands. Uh, each one is two sides of each land are called the something pathway. Each one has two names because of course they're different styles. So you've got like for example, river glide pathway on the f- front of it. It is a blue land, um, no basic land types. Enters tap for a blue. And if you were to play the other side, it taps for a red. Um, without the the types on these, these are kind of like... I don't want to compare them to the Jumpstart lands, because that seems like they're filling a different category. I do enjoy the ability to play either one. But, you know, if these are replacing Shocks, I feel like they're they're a little bit less powerful. Uh, wouldn't you say, Julian? <laughs> I would say they're a lot less powerful. <laughs> um, they're... They don't enter tapped, which is cool. So you have the mana right away. Mm-hmm. But you have to make that decision of what side you want. Um, so if you only have, you know, if you have this, you can only get either red or blue mana. Right. Uh, and then if you're a three-color deck, you're kind of you're kind of out. The other interesting thing about this 
is that there's only six of them. Mm-hmm. If you've been paying attention, each side has two colors, so you'd think, oh, there's one for each two-color combo. But no, there's only six. There's a uh, red-blue, black-white, black-blue, green-white, red-white, and red-green, which also is not even, like, all enemies or all allies. It's three and three. Is it three and three? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you sent a thing from, uh, I believe it was Mark Roswell's blog, that said that the f- the completion of the cycle was coming very soon. Yes. Is, is there anything? So so there's there's some speculation that the the completion of the cycle would come from the Zendikar commander decks. Now um, there there are two commander decks that are replacing the Planeswalker decks that normally come out with a new set. Um, so that that's something that people think might be occurring. It would be weird for a different set, a standard focus set, to have only four lands in a land cycle so that's why we think like it'll be finished on zendikar sort of thing um but you're right julian it is an interesting pairing i think a lot of it comes down to uh the basically what we're thinking is we'll see a six um sort of signpost two color draft archetypes as the ones that are kind of like held up to a higher level um and we've seen you know different draft environments kind of focusing on different things um and this one might be that you know wizards are predominantly blue red in magic history rogues are generally blue black and so we kind of have these creature classes that fall into the colors of these dual lands um, i didn't actually even think of that that's that's a good call out i know that clerics are primar- primarily black white mm-hmm. so good, and we and we got we got a uh what is it a silk a uh, signpost, fence post, I forget what they're called. But we got an uncommon that's a white and a black cleric that does cleric things and cares about other clerics. So, uh, and I'm sure we'll see the same for rogues and everything else. So that's, that's what my money's on for these. All right, I see it. Uh, a little interesting. Um, I don't know. I think whether they see played in standard is going to be up in the air. The mana is going to be really bad mm-hmm. once shocks rotate out. Um, so I think these will see some sort of play just because of the versatility that they have, especially since they enter not tapped. Uh, do you think these are going to see any play in other formats like Brawl or or Commander? Brawl, I think Brawl could see them um, just because, you know, if you're losing shocks, a lot of Commanders, for a Commander to be really, like, powerful enough in Brawl, given the limited card pool, you have to be getting one of the ones that's multiple colors. And really any mm-hmm. way to get those colors out there is going to be a, a uh, sought-after one. Um I'm also a fan that only two of these are featuring green, uh, which is predominantly the color that's going to be tutoring. So I think this definitely has a chance to go big in Brawl to replace, uh, to an extent, the the shocks that we're losing. It will certainly slow things down a little bit. Um, and there's a couple of them, particularly the, the Is It and Ortsov lands, that I think I might maybe mess around with in my commander decks. Uh, I remember having a discussion with this with you earlier, Julian, where it's kind of, you know, are these actually going to be better than anything else you could play? And while I'm not sure about that, I do like having the ability to uh, play one or the other. Um, I think that could be really interesting, and I, I would be excited to see how that does. But, you know, if these are where we normally see rare land prices settling at like $7 or something like that, uh, it, while they're in standard, I'm not sure I would pay $7 for any of these for an eternal deck. Yeah, I, think I don't I'd know. Take the L and just play Swamp. Uh, yeah i mean it's kind of nice that it's like it's like a basic land but it's like the basic land that you need most at that point but Mm -hmm. i also don't think these are gonna stay 
that expensive just because they don't have that same utility. I don't think these are yeah. going to stay up on the seven dollar range. I, I, I would that might be more around the five dollar range just because they are rare and they're all our lands. But yeah, I'm not I'm not the finance expert. Yeah, we'll we'll see where they go. <laughs> anyway, speaking about lands though, the next announcement was a big one. It was a big one indeed. So expeditions, uh, the specialty sort of you know one every couple boxes or whatever uh, mm-hmm. that were first introduced in uh, Battle for Zendikar, which I was actually doing the math is exactly five years uh, ago from this set <laughs> releasing, which is crazy because that's right around when we started. we started. Yeah. yeah, just probably about six or nine months before that. Um, so they're making a comeback and they're printing a bunch of these uh, awesome, like, full art, you know, foil, beautiful things, um, except now they're going to be box toppers instead of one every however many boxes. So you're guaranteed to get one, um, but then it just kind of matters if you get the one that you want. So um, we're seeing all 10 of the fetches, mm-hmm. I believe, are being reprinted, Correct. Uh, which is cool. They're printing the Battle Bond lands, so these are the ones that enter untapped if you have two or more opponents, um, and they're they're printing uh, the these are the allied-colored ones. They've got Cavern of Souls again. They're reprinting Prismatic Vista. Uh, they're reprinting Ancient Tomb. And I think I'm missing one. Wasteland. Oh, right. Wasteland. Oh, and then we just got two of the um, Scars of Mirrodin Fastlands. These are the, the allied colored ones. Right. What do you think of these, Jeff? Uh, overall, I'm I'm very happy that they're coming as... Well, so it, it's a... Actually, it's kind of bittersweet because there was the... when when expeditions and inventions and all those kind of like the first time wizards stepped into these alternate treatment cards came out, you get them in regular packs and there'd be one every couple boxes. And there's a reason I distinctly remember opening a, I think it was an ether revolt planeswalker deck to play in my college dorm with Oakley. And one of the packs in the back had a invention special foil frame, um, duplicate. And that's just an amazing experience to open one of these things up and see a ridiculously powerful card in it. Now, right. you, you can still open these in collector's boosters, but of course those are the $30 booster packs. And otherwise you're going to get the non-foil versions as box toppers for boxes of draft and set boosters. So while oh, I, I didn't realize they were non-foil. Non-foil in those, and I believe it's foil for collector's boxes. Mm-hmm. Um, so... While I do appreciate the that there will be more of them, uh, since Magic itself has grown as a game in the last five years, and we're uh, you know confirmed to get one or more per box, uh, that is exciting. But I will miss the chance of maybe like maybe I'll I'll get just one more pack and open it kind of like a golden ticket because I know that that bought yeah, yeah. a lot of BFZ packs for me, which it probably shouldn't have. Um, but I did end up investing heavily in that set to get these uh expeditions and i did i got an arid mesa i think um and then sold it Mm -hmm. but yeah so i'm I'm glad they're back i'm excited to have them and i like having the different sort of sets of lands uh with the battle bond lands and the the fetches of course and even the the cavern of souls and prismatic vista getting a reprint is is well well deserved i would say uh what what are your takes on it julian yeah so i agree i think one of the biggest things is now that these are going to be much more consistent to open and also the fact that they're not foil it means that these are not going to be nearly as expensive as the other Mm -hmm. ones um also just because these are like the second go around so they're not going to be as sought after as those original ones but like if you want these and they do look very cool um they're going to be much easier to get um 
especially yeah. if you're like just like a mid-level player. If you're a budget player, these are probably going to be out of your range. But if you're slightly entrenched like we are, I think these are going to be easy to get. I do think that the art is not as good as the original ones. Mm-hmm. Um, it just doesn't really capture me as much as those original ones. Um, but it's still very nice. Um, and I think that a lot of the cards that are getting reprinted are good things to be reprinted. These are things that are consistently expensive. Um, Cavern of Souls, uh, Prismatic Vista, even though it was only, pr- it was only printed in Modern Horizons, but that's like almost a $40 card or something. Yeah. Ancient Tomb will always see play. Wasteland will always see play. Um, same with the fetches, obviously. Um, and then even the, the fast lands and the, uh, the Battlebond lands are things that either see play in like modern or the Battlebond lands, of course, see all sorts of play in commander. So having these, and then also having like, kind of like more baller versions of them, I'm, I'm all for, because mm-hmm. a, a lot of this is driven by commander and we like yeah. to pimp our decks out and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So. I would say, I think, I think what's getting me is a, a lot of the art while while each each individual piece of the art and what's being shown is visually impressive and stunning they feel empty for some reason and i'm not i'm not 100 percent sure what is making me feel that way and there are a few that you know buck that trend but i look at a lot of them and i feel like these aren't places where people live where one of the big things with the original expeditions and stuff was like this is zendikar like these are these places on zendikar and so you get that kind of emotional connection to the people there but a lot of these are like they feel like you know no one is around for hundreds of miles and so it is part while it is part of the land it feels less likely that you have a connection to it and I, i'm not sure if that's exactly you know what, what you're feeling with them julian but i look and i'm like i'm not expecting to see people but i guess i was expecting to see more signs of existence of life yeah or something like that i, f- I feel you um i know especially in those original ones a lot of them had like the hedrons in them or something yeah yep. um, which none of these really do oh uh, yeah i once again, I don't know what it is, but they just don't quite cap. Maybe it's just because it's the second go around. Yeah, and it's hard. It's or maybe hard it's to the new frame the first. that that feels a little less, not necessarily less special, but it is. Um, it's less the, full arty. Yeah, yeah, it feels that way or for that's sure. Not, I mean, that's not a word, but you know what I mean. Yeah, you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> kind of reminds but, me of arena, in some way. Um, but you know, enough enough of that. We we're really appreciative that they're back. Um, I'm sure. At some point, you know, it'll be late at night and I'll be alone with my computer and being on the West Coast, no one will be up to convince me otherwise. And I'll probably click buy on the a trigger. few of these like I did on the Judge Foil of a Eye of Ugin like two days ago when I didn't think anyone would stop me. <laughs> that was so I I was initially like wanted to like hit your wrist, but then I looked at it and I was like, it's right. pretty and nice. You told me what the price was and I was like, it's pretty right. nice. It's the not thing, too the, expensive. Uh, the annoying thing for me is I'm at the point where, like, I kind of just want the foils. Like, we were mm-hmm. discussing earlier, I want the uh, f- the Commander Collection green, but I want the foil one. And it's, like, it's just so much more money. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, anyway. It's the, it's the struggles we have. How blinged out do we want to be and at what cost? Yeah. Seriously. And that's why we need sponsors. This could be a spot where we talk about your product. Brought to you by sponsors. All right. Imagine. <laughs> Me and Chubb's silky smooth voices promoting your product because it's phenomenal. We love it. We use it every day. We, we don't know what it is it yet, but we will find a way to use it every day. Dragon whatever it slaves, is, whatever it is I'm it. sure it's great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we, we, uh, in, this, in this reveal of everything, we are bringing to the end of 2020. I think we have one more set this winter. 
Uh, but we we heard about all the sets that are coming out next year. Julian, do you want to give us a rundown on you know the progression of what sets are coming out? What's what's hitting us this winter up and through next fall? I never thought you'd ask, Jeff. I'm so excited. So we have Zenicar Rising coming this September, Jeff. Very very soon. Mm-hmm. So actually, today is the first of September, which is crazy. Do you remember? Um, and then we're not going to have another standard set until 2021. So the 2021 set will drop in mid-January, and that is mm. Kaldheim, which is the Viking set. Um, mm. It's got, like, a big, like, Norse axe for its symbol. Um, I've also heard a lot of speculation that that is where Saskia's uh, home is. Yep. Um, if you guys remember Saskia, she was the uh, blueless four-color legendary from those commander decks uh, a couple years back. So hopefully maybe we'll see like another Sasuke version and a bunch of other stuff. And then also it'd be really cool if we could get a cycle of Norse gods. Like we've got the Amonkhet gods and also yes. the Theros gods. Norse gods sweet. would be sweet. If we could get snow back, some snow duels, I'm a big I, fan. I feel like we have to get at least snow basically. We, we have to. I mean, there's a card called Into the North. We need that. That would be an easy reprint. Not that not that green needs another ramp. Not, not that green like. needs a, like a super easy tutor that could get anything. But uh, yeah, but yeah, no. If if we could see snow come back as a mechanic, I've wanted to build a snow commander deck for ages, and I just am not getting the support from it. Modern Horizons one, great, but we not need we there. need a commander that brings it all together. All right. After that, in uh, should be March or April, probably. I think April will be the uh, mm-hmm. spring set, which is going to be called Strixhaven. Uh, so the way they describe this basically sounds like Harry Potter. That that was the impression I was getting as well. Yeah, they said it was uh, five different wizarding colleges, I suppose, yeah. all vying for supremacy. Um, the symbol is like an owl, so I'm immediately thinking Harry Potter. Um, I forget what mm-hmm. his owl's name is, but... Um, Hedwig. Yeah, but anyway, sounds cool. I'm assuming that there might be like some shady stuff going on below the surface because one of the professors is researching the dark arts, you know, like something like that. <laughs> their defense um, against the dark. I mean, their defense of magic darkness instructor. Yeah, but what about Snurp. what about potions class, Chev? Potions, potions class. class. <laughs> um, you mean elixirs class? Huh? Yeah. Oh yeah, that one. Yeah, that, that's what I meant. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe like one of them like like creates the planar portal or something like you know Tesseract Ooh, that'd be cool. or like you know what lives in the blind eternities julian they're dead chef dead and one's in the moon <laughs> <laughs> it's like what happened to your friend oh she's she's in the moon in the she's moon. taking some time off yeah. yeah um or i don't know maybe like maybe they're like researching and like one of them has like a vial of phyrexian oil and they're like doing Ooh, experiments on the spicy. students oh For my god we just need to go to anywhere make... to just like destroy a magic school <laughs> yeah we just need to make our own like hpmm version of strixhaven that's true yeah Once for those of up. you who are unaware which should be hopefully all of you um oh, if it's not it'd be kind of creepy julian and i originally got into computer science julian then went away to look at some rocks i stayed stuck with it uh we we made a text adventure of harry potter where we made harry potter a, a obnoxious little snot um, going into Just his like first in year of Hogwarts. Yeah. And uh, and we built this whole text adventure. So what I'm thinking, Julian, is, you know, with this set coming out, uh, whoever is up to some shady shenanigans on this plane, we'll, we'll just have to make a sequel. A I'm, magic, I'm down for it. A magic sequel to be on the Brew Crew website. I'd say expect that June or July 2021. Be ready. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we'll do a, we'll do an anniversary re-release edition of uh, HPMM. HPMM, yeah. 
Um, anyway, so Strixhaven. Then after mm-hmm. that, our summer set, we're not going to have a core set, which was confirmed uh, by uh, Mara once again. We're going to have... What is... I, hold up. I have the name. It's like Dungeons & Dragons to the Adventure Realm or something? Yeah, it's... um Adventure into the Realm? Dungeons & Dragons realm. Adventure... Adventures in the Forgotten Realm. So this is a confirmed, mm-hmm. like, canon crossover between D&D worlds and magic. Uh, apparently a bunch of you nerds have been asking for this for uh, a while. So they're doing it. Uh, I don't really know what to expect. Um, I think we'll probably have to get Eric's take on that. But mm-hmm. there's a lot of cool things happening in D&D as far as I know. I'm sure they're going to make it yeah. super cool in uh, in magic. So that's that. And that'll be like... I'm assuming it'll still sort of function like a core set and that it'll be... Oh, yeah, it has level. to. Like, D&D is such a huge world that they could easily throw whatever cards they need. A lot of the races are the same. And yeah. we've seen a lot of times where magic elements are ported to D&D with, like, those um, special books that give you an intro into the plane. So seeing this kind of work in the opposite direction. And in recent years, we've gotten cards like Bag of Holding that is a clear reference to D&D. So it yeah. seems like they've been building up to this for some time, and it will totally be able to fit whatever cards they necessarily need to uh, show off. Right. Um, there's also going to be a couple supplemental sets next year. So in between Call Time and Strixhaven, uh, I'm guessing probably March, there's going to be mm-hmm. Time Spiral Remastered. So Time Spiral, for you youngins, uh, I mean, we're youngins too. We were Time Spiral came back out in, I think, I want to say like 2004 or five or something crazy. Yeah, this is a super old. Um, notoriously strange set um Mm -hmm. but they're remastering it it's going to be a like draft focused experience and then one card per pack is going to have uh the old border so in the original time spiral they did something where they would have uh it was a new card but it would be in the old border and it had like a different slightly different set symbol um confirmed jeff yes i I know what i'm talking about here (laughs) How, weren't they old cards? They were reprints of existing cards in the Time Spiral. Because, like, Nico Bolas got printed as a uh, card in Time Spiral. Are you sure? And he was a Legends reprint. Yeah, I'm I'm 90% sure the Time Spiral set, they were reprints of existing old cards that were given the old pre- uh, treatment. Oh, okay. So it was just like... Time shifted... Them- yeah, time-shifted cards make up a 121-card subset comprised entirely of pre-mirrored-in reprints, tying in with the set's theme of revisiting the past. Got you. All right. So anyway, um, that was how it was in the original one. So now for this one, they're going to do something similar where they're going to reprint. But these cards, I believe, are going to be new-bordered cards that are getting the old one. Mm-hmm. They showed off one, which was Path to Exile with like the old border. Yep. Which was and they cool. showed off Chalice of the Void as well. Ah, yes. So that'll be interesting. I'm sure we'll try and do a draft of the boys, um, but just more nostalgia or more um, interesting formats for you, you draft junkies. So there's that. And then also um, coming after Adventures in the Forgotten Realms. So I guess in August. Yeah, yeah. Jumpstart um, when that came out. So like beginning of August, end of July. Yeah, they're going to do Modern Horizons 2. So it's been confirmed. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also uh, said that in that there are going to be five, the five enemy colored fetch lands in the packs to be able to open, which is sick because it's it's all about the fetch. It's all about the fetch, Jeff. We need the fetches. The fetches in so the expeditions. The fetches in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully we'll just wait for more sick art and also just another chance for those to. Uh, to dip a little bit in price so that I can finally go in and scoop up that marsh flats that I've been needing. Get some, 
<laughs> and stuff. There's um, so many. They're, they're the last thing on my list always, but uh, I could certainly use a couple yeah. of them. And then the last thing, which you're super excited about, and you know a little bit more than I do, so I'll have you chime in, is they're going uh, in Q4. We don't know yet. We're assuming it's in September, but the way it works, we're not sure. It is uh, a return yeah. to Innistrad, which will be mm-hmm. basically five years out from um, the Shadows? original return to Innistrad, which is Shadows of Innistrad and then Eldritch Moon. Another one to Innistrad, except it's going to be two sets. It's going to be one focused on werewolves and one focused on vampires. Chev, can you tell us a little bit about what's going on? Because I'm not fully sure. Yeah, so I think the, the, the main the main takeaway is no one's really fully sure. <laughs> because okay. it's it sounds... Both of these are referred to as sets on the stream. Um, and they, they have a different symbol. And the story of the vampires was revealed to have something about a vampire wedding. Um, so it's clear that these are like two separate experiences, but they're both listed on the on the release calendar and when spoken about as fall sets. So the the two things that kind of come to mind, one is we get something um, that I think that it, it wasn't necessarily done with two separate sets, but I think back in Mirrodin, there's this whole idea. Are you team Mirrodin or, or the uh, scars of Mirrodin sets? Are you team Mirrodin? Are you team Phyrexia? Like that sort of. So is that like I, team Edward and team Jacob? Exactly. We'll have Team Team Edward and Team Jacob uh, to pick up your packs for. Oh my god! I just vampires. realized that it's where. Yeah, it actually works. Oh god! Um, I hate it. I hate myself. And so, so we could have something like that. Maybe we'll need to print out official uh, Brew Crew T-shirts. I, of course, will be Team Jacob all the way as a werewolf fan through and through. Um, the other thing that was mentioned, I believe, maybe it was Saffron Olive. Someone asked on Twitter how it would work with two sets in the fall, and the answer said something like, "We've moved around the dates, so this will work." Which makes me think they're releasing not at the same time and that we might see a change in the regular release schedule uh, to maybe accommodate these like a month, a month and a half apart. Uh, I'm not sure which one I'd rather see. I, I can I can only be so excited for um, Innistrad and like that peak level of excitement. If we're getting just release after release, um, I mean, I can only talk about these cards so many times, Julian. I, I get tired. I want to talk about new things. Uh, but to just be hit by so many new cards, it'll be exciting though. I'm I'm wondering if there'll be smaller sets, like maybe slightly thinner than we've seen from others to accommodate both into standard. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it will be interesting to see how this develops. And the the end of this rant is we have no idea. Just that there'll probably be yeah. some werewolves and some vampires. I know you and I, yeah, we were discussing that maybe it was like almost two halves of a set that like you mm-hmm. you put them together and it's like a whole 300 cards or whatever. Uh, right. We discussed that maybe there wasn't going to be like any holiday product and it would just be something released in September and then something released in November or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we will know more. It's over a year out, but it's yeah. still interesting to speculate. <laughs> um, I know we're both pretty excited to go back to Innistrad. You uh, are still waiting for Justice for Werewolves. Um, eventually still waiting we'll get for Justice there. for Werewolves. We need we need a proper werewolf commander that's not just honestly you know even if it's a um, reprinting Immerwolf with a legendary that's that's all I need a- anything anything to keep werewolves alive in a four player environment is yeah. is what I'm hoping for and I'm praying for yeah I think it'll be uh I mean I'm sure it'll do something cool so uh, <laughs> we will we will get back to that um, I wonder if. Garrick will show up on Innistrad if he'll just be like it seems like where Garrick should be if, yeah. if he doesn't show up on call time which he also very much should oh. he should show up on Innistrad that is if something we get Garrick wielding a viking axe oof, he already does so get him to wield two yeah so um 
shout out to Magic Arcanum on YouTube. Um, great guys, Ryan and Nicole, they do like story stuff. So mm-hmm. they'll go into like they've recently done a, a series on like who is Liliana, who is Chandra, who is because the, they were all the face cards from uh, M21. And they did like a whole thing. They explained like the whole story of Elspeth and um, Theros Conquers Death. So they do a great job. But they did do uh, who is Garrick. And he mentioned that Kaldheim is Garrick's home plane, or at least it's speculated to be. Interesting. Um, I forget if it's confirmed nice. or not, but it's either like very heavily believed or it's confirmed. So it'd be interesting to see Garrick or at least references of Garrick on Kaldheim. Um, and then maybe I'll show up on Innistrad. So <laughs> anyway, hopefully Eric Garrick has a busy year. Yeah. Yeah. I, Hey, Garrick deserves more love. Okay. He got like, mm-hmm. after Liliana, like, you know, messed him up hit him with that chain veil. Yeah, yeah. She hit him with the chain veil. She, she, she cracked the whip and he was just, it, it was never the same. No. So that's the calendar. Pretty stacked calendar, um, but I'm pretty excited. A lot of really cool things happening. Um, but we should keep our focus on Zendikar Rising because that is almost there. Right, that's that's the right now thing, yeah. <laughs> Correct. All right, there's just a few more things that they decided that they needed to throw at us in this uh, extensive um, Twitch thing, which it was so extensive, but I realized it was only like a half hour long, so it's crazy. Yeah, they, they, fe- they packed much, a lot in there. Yeah, threw so much in there. Um, cut one... <laughs> They did a te- uh, Wizards of the Coast did a team up with K Swiss, which I've never heard of, but I guess is a shoe brand, uh, to make an exclusive Jace sneaker, and it glows in the dark. Because <laughs> everyone knows thoughts, Jace Jeff. is known for glowing in the dark. That Your is thoughts, one of his Jeff. specialties. Um, honestly, it's kind of cool. If I had to wear shoes of anyone in the Gatewatch, or honestly any Planeswalker, it probably wouldn't be Jace. Um, <laughs> But, you know, I'm sure there. Jace still has fans out there. Jace still comes back every set, so someone up there loves him, and someone will be very excited to wear his shoes. I initially was really averse to them. Looking back, I think they look kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And I think that if, like, they're not, like, overtly, like, oh, this person is, like, a geek, you know what I mean? Right, right. It's not like his face is on the side. It's It's some subtle imagery... And yeah. then, you know, when you go to a nightclub or something and they just glow in the dark with the I don't like the glow in the dark. That's what kind of <laughs> that's what kind of cuts it for me. Um, <laughs> I think that that's like that's kind of like, you know, when you were like 10, you'd like get those sneakers yeah. that like. Well, that might be the thing. We might be outside of the target demographic since uh, Wizards is pushing. Magic is a game for people 13 and up. Maybe maybe yeah. it's for the younger crowd, the youngins. Yeah, we're just here with our Heelys. <laughs> yeah. Um, Bring back Heelys. Get me yeah. some nissa branded heelys i'll wear them all day dude i want i want like a johnny shoes but they're like the shoes that you can have like all the toes but they're just like lion feet that's that's what i want it's 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 actually kind of dangerous territory i don't i don't actually want that please wizards don't don't do that (laughs) um (laughs) um another big thing arena is coming to mobile um Mm -hmm. there was a cringy little segment where they were promoting that that's cool it's really cool that it's coming to mobile. You have access to play it wherever you want. I'm assuming this means um, phones and iPads. Um, yeah. I, I've played enough games with Goblins and Historic to know that that's going to get crowded real quick. So yeah. we'll see. That, that's but... my main concern. Like, I, I don't know how much I'll be able to see on my phone. I mean, I'm around a computer enough now with, you know, COVID work from home sort of situation where I can get to a computer and I can play on a big screen. So I'm not sure for me 
most of the time if I'm going to be playing on a phone. But it is nice to have that ability or for devices like Chromebooks where they have access to the Android store. And then you can finally play on those kind of devices that are less of gaming and more of just big, big fat phones. So I think I think that market could be really good. Uh, How many times you'll see me like whipping up my brawl deck on my uh, Samsung Galaxy on in line for a bus or something? It's probably not likely. Yeah, I mean, it's nice that they're just bringing it to new places. Uh, Arena on mobile is something that people have been asking for, for better or worse, for a while. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's good that it's there. Um, And I mean, I imagine if you're someone who commutes a lot more, like if you're someone who was working in New York City and riding the subway before all this. That's true. Yeah. um, That maybe Arena on mobile uh, is something. So shout out to Wizards. They brought it there. Um, Carry on. Carry on the good fight. Last thing. uh, Two new secret layers announced. One mm-hmm. for two days from now. Today is currently September 1st. So on September 3rd, 9-3, it is the Yargle drop. So that's Yargle Day. Happy uh, Yargle Day. <laughs> our our frog demon friend who is a 9-3 from D- Dominaria. Um, they reprinted a bunch of, like, actually good cards, like Anger of the Gods, uh, Explore, Swords of Plowshares, um, but just... Fatal like, Push. Yeah, Fatal Push. Like, all these iconic-ish powerful cards but mm-hmm. it's just Yargle on them instead. Yeah. Like, there's a... Oh, there's Opt, but instead of, like, mm-hmm. Teferi, you know, Teferi's on there, like, holding his staff and, like, a thing, it's just Yargle yeah. just chilling. Yeah, so, so so to be clear, it's the it's the art you remember and expect from all these cards, just with the main character missing, and instead, it's Yargle. <laughs> which is a strict upgrade for all of these cards. Oh, all these cards. All these cards benefit from the addition of a sweet little Yargle. Everyone needs more Yargle in their yeah. lives. I mean... It's a meme, but mm-hmm. I can't. Re- I really can't be mad. It's kind of cool. Uh, yeah. Are you, are you going to pick one up, Chev? I I can't say that I will. After after dropping on the slime secret layer and hoping to see more cool secret layers in the future, I don't think Yargle is going to do it for me. Yeah. Um, but I do really appreciate those being out there, and maybe in future picking up one of the explorers or the ops with Yargle art that mm-hmm. I can slide into something as opposed to the whole set. I've have a I have a hankering to do because I do like ridiculous art um but i i never really caught the yargle bug as much as some other people agreed it dies to lightning bolt come on um <laughs> something you're not as hot on though for secret layers is the other secret layer that was teased and that's the collaboration with the walking dead yeah I'm, I'm i'm interested to see how this goes more as kind of like a cautionary tale of you know if if secret layers become kind of a vehicle for other franchises to get onto cards I feel like they could lose some of the special art and styles that we've seen showcased in Secret Layers um, and in Magic a Game as a whole. Um, also, you know, while while you look at the old cards with flavor text from the Bible, from Shakespeare, from Frankenstein, like that is some heavy hitting flavor text. But when it's from Rick Grimes, which was the 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 one thing they showed us was a zombie token tutu with Rick Grimes flavor text. I, I get a little more hesitant. I, I I will withhold judgment on whether or not this is a cool product or not. And I'm interested to see what kind of art they go with. Is it just like pictures of people's faces on the cards? Is it like an actual drawing of members of The Walking Dead? And if so, how does they translate real people to comic? Are they doing the comic book art? But since it's teaming up with AMC and not with the comic book publisher, it has me thinking more that we're going for realistic here. I... I'm not a huge fan, I think, out of the gate. I'm I'm pessimistic, I would say, to a secret layer teamed up with a big-budget franchise. 
I did not realize they were teaming up with AMC. I was going to say if it was just the comic book art, I'd be a lot mm-hmm. more amicable to it. Um, I do want to say, though it wasn't a secret layer, the Godzilla team up went excellent. That's true. That is that is very true. I hadn't considered that. And one, it is a secret layer, so it's already a product for not everyone. Right. The people who you know, the people who already yeah. like those two things, you're not being forced into it. I do agree that at a certain point, it gets to a point where it's like. This isn't so much magic. You're just, you're just, you know, getting some nice cross promotion and some things. Mm-hmm. Um, but it remains to be seen. I was just thinking about this. What I want, though, because they are both Hasbro products, is get me the Gear Hulks from um, Kaladesh as Transformers. Mm. When I we've seen to... we've seen a Transformers uh, pair up before with the Hascon card mm-hmm. Grimlock. Yeah, I don't remember much about him, but if we could get a couple more of those, I wouldn't be too opposed. Listen, when I get to cast Noxious Gear Hulk and destroy your creature, except it's not Noxious Gear Hulk, it's Megatron. Are you kidding me? <laughs> or if I cast Torrential Gear Hulk and I get to like flash something back, except it's like Starscream, you know, or Optimus Prime as Verder's Gear Hulk, just mm-hmm. beefing up. Come on, come on, easy, easy. I would buy multiple copies of that. <laughs> I'm going to write, I'll, actually, this is such a good idea. I'm writing wizards. I'm going to tweet, oh shoot, I am going to, I'm going to tweet at them. Oh my God, oh, dang. Having social media, it's wild. I just, I just blew, I just blew my own mind on live, <laughs> live on cast. You so, heard it here first. Julian is going to reach oh out God. to wizards and ask them for his transformer cards. I'm, but it's like, it's already a Hasbro property. It's so easy. They don't even have to get license. They don't have to license things. It doesn't even cost them. Money. They've done it before. They can do it again for a full secret layer. They better. I I would pay fifty dollars instead of thirty for that. Fifty dollars, really? Well, I'll hold you to that personally. <laughs> I'll pay fifty dollars for it. Shit. If it's if it's foil, I'll pay seventy five. If it's foil, you heard it right here. Ooh, base spender. Yeah. So that was the extent of the uh, the cast from wizards any final thoughts on anything we talked about we talked about a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. it was it was a big brain dump um it it took so long trying to uh glom together all the thoughts from that podcast and have enough like sort of to think about it's it's left me a little bit brain dead so i'm not sure what else there is to say we'll obviously have more on the the website and on twitter as the rest of uh, zendikar gets spoiled as for the rest of the stuff, it sounds like this is kind of just to get people a little bit hype while the rest of it comes much, much later in 2021. Um, but I think I think it was a fantastic cast. It was a great to see, you know, all the, the people that make up Wizards of the Coast kind of showing off their brand new cards and interesting things. Um, and, you know, I'll, I'll always take more Indiana Jones. And it seems like that's where we're going with this set. So I'm, I'm pretty excited. To adventure, Jeff. To adventure. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, (laughs) we've talked about a lot of things. Uh, There's a lot to digest, and I'm sure we're going to be back next week, hopefully with the full crew, hopefully discussing um, either the full spoiler or a majority of the Zendikar Rising spoiler. So with that, Mm -hmm. it's Ben Jules. Got Chev on the line. This is the Brew Crew signing out.